This week's episode is brought to you by Air Conditioning, a marvel of modern science that was once written about by H.P. Lovecraft. Seriously, it's one of his worst stories. Go find it if you want to. It's called Cool Air. Anyway, air conditioning uh, ensures that my apartment is not 87 degrees on the inside at night. Air conditioning. I don't care if you can hear it during the episode. I'm keeping it on. Hey everybody, welcome to Nexus at Night. You're going to have to sit through the sound of my air conditioner because it is 85 degrees in my apartment. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Ripier. So this week we're going to be talking about Vanguard Zero because I was at Anime Expo and I got to play the demo. What's Vanguard Zero? It is a new mobile game spinoff of the original Vanguard. It's going to be coming out in the winter. So like Duel Links? Or like card fight online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace, indeed. I saw like a. I think it was on Facebook or something where someone was like lamenting that card fight on like card fight online never got finished, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Come on, guys, finish the job." I'm like, I don't think that's how that works. No, they definitely just decided that they could make more money doing el- yeah. doing anything else. Yeah, it's the it's Bouchard's equivalent of like a truck up on blocks in the front yard. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, if you follow us on Twitter at Nexus at Night, then you will have already seen my first impressions. But if you haven't, let's go over these again. So, I played the demo twice, and then I also talked to a couple of our friends from UCR, Chris and other Alvin, and we all kind of came to the same general conclusion, which is that this is fucking awful and even more RNG than the regular game, and I, like, go, going into speculation for a second, I don't think this is going to survive Kagero existing. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a hot take, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> wait, hang on, so, I'm, try- I'm trying to scroll down to the bottom of your thread here. Um, <laughs> okay, you said, my, and I'm just going to read this for the benefit of the listeners, because not everyone has Twitter. Uh, my my first impressions playing two rounds in the demo is that it seems awfully imbalanced and even more heavily RNG-reliant than the regular game. Uh, granted, I only had a vanilla Royals deck with no real skills to work with, so bear that in mind. Uh, first off, not keeping your drive checks really limited advantage. Oh, maybe we should explain what Vanguard Zero does, like what the main differences are. Yeah. Okay. That, like, right before you started that, I was going to say, let's explain the differences. I'm dumb. Continue. <laughs> so, first things first, your deck is now 40 cards instead of 50, so they have just eliminated grade zeros except for your starter. So you get your one grade zero for your starter, and then 13 copies of all your other grades, and these deck ratios are fixed, so you cannot change them. And now your triggers are on your grade threes instead of grade zeros, which means we've reduced the number of triggers overall by three, and there are ten cards less in the deck now. Secondly, instead of guarding normally, it happens automatically now, so grade twos with intercept will just force you to attack them before you can attack the vanguard, and then if you take damage, you automatically gain 5,000 power instead of being able to guard normally. And then... Perfect guards now are also automatic, so 
they'll just ha- activate themselves automatically if you're in a bad situation. And then finally, you don't keep your drive checks. If you drive check a trigger, it goes into the drop zone, and if you drive check a normal unit, it goes to the bottom of your deck. But as of this demo, the only way for you to gain any advantage is either through skills, which I didn't have because vanilla Royal Paladin deck with no skills, or just drawing for turn. What? So the fuck? They pretty much took away a whole bunch of player agency because decisions on opponent's turn would take too long. Mm-hmm. So the reason that Hearthstone does a lot of like random choice effects, like break death rattles, is because they don't want the a person making decisions on their opponent's turn because that would slow down how the game is played. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like they're applying the same kind of philosophy from Hearthstone into Vanguard Zero where anything that happens on your opponent's turn is just going to happen. Yeah. And then, like, it definitely felt faster and more streamlined. The demo rounds only took about five minutes compared to, like, 15 for even the fastest Vanguard game. What? I've played Vanguard games in five minutes. Coming up on the Nexus Core YouTube channel games where I get my ass handed to me in less than 10. And the only reason I know this is because our editor messaged me like, hey, this isn't 10 minutes. We're not going to get ad revenue. I'm like, I don't know what, what you want me to do with that. (laughs) Well, <laughs> see, that's the thing, though. Remember, like, this is going to be a mobile app. It's designed for a bunch of casual scrubs. <laughs> so, like, the average person playing this game, like, normally will probably take about 10-15 minutes per game, which is a decent amount of time. And if tournaments have told us anything, people can drag a game out to 45 minutes if they wanted to. So, like, I can kind of understand the sentiment of trying to streamline the game to be more mobile-friendly, because... You know, you play a lot of mobile games when you're, like, on the bus or something, so you don't always want to commit a bunch of time to it. But I feel like everything they've done just take to take away all the agency in the game also just kind of ruins any semblance of balance the game had. And, like, things are even more RNG-reliant now because you're relying very heavily on getting the correct grade 3 because skills are going to be a lot more important now. You need to maintain a healthy number of grade 2s because intercepting is how you guard now. And then, you know, like trigger checks both on attack and defense are going to be really important because of that automatic 5k gain. So if you get a trigger and get 10k at a time, it's a huge advantage for stopping an attack. Um, when you get a trigger on a grade 3, are like certain grade 3 certain kinds of kinds of triggers? Like... Alfred believe... is a crit trigger, and like you know, no. somebody else is a heal trigger. Like, well, what do you mean? I believe you can just choose whatever trigger you want on your unit. So, are you fucking like at the moment? No, no. When you're constructing your deck, you can oh, choose what triggers okay. to put on your unit. Got mm. it. That's weird, honestly. So they put yeah. all the decisions in deck building rather than yeah. And I see, so further on the Hearthstone point, the reason that they make you attack interceptors first is because intercepting would be a choice the opponent could make. Mm -hmm. So in order to remove that choice, they just have to make you attack the interceptor instead. Yeah. And with intercepting, you often would have to add more guard to it to, like, fully block an attack, depending Mm -hmm. on what, what stage of the game it is. With 
you having to attack the interceptor first, that means that you are taking a full scale attack away from your vanguard, no matter what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, but see, the problem with that now is that retire skills become inherently broken because any retire skill now essentially translate to you can't guard a single attack. Alright, I activate Mind Crush and call Protect Gift. Now discard mm-hmm. all your Protect That's basically what it feels like. Yeah, so like, I think this is just speculation, but I feel like Retire skills are going to be incredibly overpowered because of how important intercepting is. Like, when I was playing the demo, I would just slowly grind in the AI out of grade 2s, and you know, as soon as they ran out, I could just uh, push extra swings at their vanguard, and they can't handle the increased aggression because you don't really have any agency in guarding anymore. So you said you, your your deck was skillless, right? Yeah, it was like, or any skills were just like counter blast game power. The only thing oh. that really had skills were like Alfred Early, which I never drew, and mm-hmm. Blaster Blade, which I also never drew. Okay, so. But, like, the the AI had Kagero and, like... No, no, they, oh. we were both using the same deck. Oh, okay. So, yeah, like, yeah. the demo was kind of hard to judge just because it it turned into a completely brainless beatdown game, and quite frankly, it just felt like whoever got better luck won, right? Yeah. Like, I got lucky, I consistently drew my grade 2s, which means I could beat out the AI, like, when other Alvin was playing the game, he never drew a grade 3, and so the AI just kept grinding him down. He was also having, like, mechanical problems, where, like, he just couldn't place cards properly in the front row for some reason. So that didn't what? help, but... I don't know, there was, like... It was, like, technical problems. I pro- I'm pretty sure it was a problem with the phone, but... When he was trying to drag cards up onto their proper circles to, like, ride or call them, he couldn't get them onto the front row correctly. Mm. Weird. Yeah. But, like, even then, the fact that he never drew a grade 3 meant he just fell behind so quickly. And because you don't get to keep your drive checks anymore, you don't really have a chance to correct your hand. Man, that's a lot to think about. I know. And I don't really know where to start. So, let me ask this question. In your opinion, did it feel like Vanguard? I mean, it really didn't, because because they took away all of your agency, there there were no real decision points to be made. I didn't have any skills to work with, really, so that was never a factor. I just called units, they did their thing, and I just crashed them into whatever unit I could attack. Like, nice. if they have an intercept unit, I just crash into that, and then once they were out of grade 2s, just attack the vanguard. So... Like, the game just felt really dumbed down. It wasn't very dynamic. That might also... That might be attributed to just what deck they were having you use and stuff, but I think so far... Great 2s... Even... Well, even in the regular game, though, if if I were to give you that same vanilla beatdown deck, there would still be decisions to be made about what cards you use to guard, whether or not you want to harass the opponent's rear guard, or just go for all-out aggression, right? Yeah, and you still you still have, like, counterblast for costs and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So there's yeah, not even, like, like that, that, uh... 
that still or that uh, decision of do I leave my field empty so that they'll be forced to attack me so that I have counterblast or mm -hmm. you know if you're on the opposite end of that equation oh they put a bunch of stuff on board and I don't want to give them counterblast do I start harassing rear guards now the, it's kind of taken out of your hands yeah like you have to attack the grade twos if they exist and then once they stop existing you might as well attack the vanguard because getting that tempo quickly is better for this more simplified version of the game. Was the field any different than a normal Vanguard field? Kind of like how nope. Dual Links is? It's all the same? Yeah, that's the same. Okay. It's just these rule changes. Do imaginary was... gifts exist? No, they don't. They do not. Okay. And it's still six damage, right? Yes. Also, like, I could see my opponent's hand when I was playing the demo. Like, that was a thing. That was well, probably for tutoring purposes, then. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I, even if I c you can see your opponent's hand in the full game, like, I don't know how much that actually affects things anymore because all of the guarding is automatic. You kind of have to deal with it no matter what. So, like... Knowing that your opponent is out of grade 2 basically just amounts to, like, okay, well, I know I'm winning slightly faster now. In the grand scheme of things regarding, like, card games, knowing what's in the opponent's hand doesn't really matter as much in Vanguard on the whole mm -hmm. than it does in something like Yu-Gi-Oh! Or, I guess, Magic? Is it like mm -hmm. that in Magic, Matt? Yeah, and uh, hand hand knowledge is incredibly important. Okay, yeah, because, like, in Vanguard, really all you got to know about is do they have, like enough to guard or is there a g guard well or like, if, like that? if you if you knew your opponent's hand there like you could just make like these all-in plays like yeah. easier right but like yeah. it's different compared to something like Yu-Gi-Oh, where you start like setting trap cards or you have hand traps or something like that that can disrupt your plays on your turn versus mm -hmm. like making the decision at the beginning of the turn and nothing changes yeah, yeah but that's the thing is like with guarding and everything, like, knowing when to be able to commit more is pretty important, and, like, the new systems within Vanguard Zero take all of that away, so I feel like hand knowledge is even less important now. It's just a matter of, did I grind my opponent out of guard yet? Did you have fun? I mean, really, no. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, a lot of that is also just because of the podcast, right? I was really thinking about how these mechanics would affect the game, so... I think that kind of, like, colors our perception yeah. as Vanguard players in general. Or at least it does <laughs> for me. Because now every game I play, I'm playing in real life, I'm trying to, like, look for things either for possible episode ideas or uh, how much I can complain about the uh, Katarina and Ichikashima strides from premium collection can you tell i'm salty yeah. um <laughs> yeah um let's see uh re regarding the rest of your first impression was there anything we didn't cover um did you did you still get to choose the attack order that you make oh yeah. yes okay. yeah and, you can still choose and the order you're about the forced guarding Mm -hmm. Uh now is is it is it gonna guard rears as well? I don't think so. Like So it does it so when it, you when your opponent attacks a rear it just lets it die. Yes. But when it attacks your vanguard, it immediately throws down a card to guard enough to guard the attack. Or well, tries no. to. No, it'll only throw down a perfect guard. You can't 
guard at all anymore. It's just intercepting and perfect guard. Oh, I see. So calling grade twos and attacking with them is the same as guarding. Yes. In some sense. So got it, got it. That means that like grade twos and stuff like that with effects that you want to reuse suck mm-hmm. now. Because if everything's being automatically attacked first or you know, something like that, then you have no agency in protecting them. So mm-hmm. stuff with on playabilities become a lot more important in yeah in this game than they do in uh, IRL. Yeah, I do want to address like the RNG factor because one thing that's really sticking out to me is the fact that your deck ratio is fixed now. You can't really change the ratios to try and and experiment with different builds. You have to have thirteen of every grade. So I feel like this really increases the RNG factor or just because with these new guarding rules, grade 2s are incredibly important to maintaining your tempo, right? You need to ha- you need to constantly be refreshing your grade 2s in order to guard and then also uh, being forced to have 13 grade 3s means you're now playing 3 or, uh, or like 4 actually grade 3s in order to be able to fill out the entire slot and how many decks actually have four cards they want to ride consistently? Probably none. <laughs> so yeah, like, I feel like RNG is going to be a huge factor now, just because if you don't draw enough grade twos, you're going to keep taking attacks to your vanguard, you're going to fall behind in damage, and you don't really have any way to stop it. And then, like, if you ride a bad grade three that you don't want, and your opponent rides a good grade three, you're hits so much harder than in the current game, where, at least in this current state of the game, you are probably running a bunch of things that you want to be able to ride, or, like, you're kind of okay with having it. Well, in in Standard's case, mm-hmm. I, like, clans that have two grade 3s that have similar skills or accomplish something of the same goal are okay to be on. And in the mm-hmm. case of Premium... It, you're striding, you don't care. So, yeah. like, this, that's a lot more weight to be putting on uh, your grade 3s, and um, I think if, like, you mentioned the thing with the triggers where you can assign them to to your grade 3s, mm-hmm. that, that seems like it's supposed to involve deck building, but they're taking out deck building and, uh, you know, skill-based elements of the game. They're taking out like you said, ratios uh, between grades. Now it's just 13, 13, 13. Mm. And uh, they're also taking out the imaginary gift system, which, as we've talked about multiple episodes ago, and probably will in the future, that that adds depth to the game that they're taking out. You are filling up your Mm -hmm. swimming pool with concrete here. Yeah. And also, like, we're going way back to the beginning of OG Vanguard, so, like, I feel like even back then, things like counter... Imagine they invented a card that just said Counterblast 2, you can't guard this attack. Like, how crazy would that be? Uh, they kind of have that. It's it's a card that you flip a card in G-Zone face up and they can't use Zeros or G-Guards. And it's for one yeah. clan. And you can combine yeah, but it with like, Silent Tom. Yeah, but like, imagine... Help no, me. but like, imagine way back in the day of OG Vanguard, you just mm-hmm. had a card that's said Counterblast 2, you can't guard this attack anymore. I think the most insane skill with that was, like, Dote, and that wasn't guard restricting, that was restanding. Yeah. 
But then, like, like that's basically what all of those Counterblast 2 Retirer card becomes now. I, fe- I just feel like, with the system, the balance is going to be completely fucked. So, instead of, alright, I retire your Interceptor, it's, I retire your ability to guard. Yes. And the ability to attack me next turn. Mm-hmm. To an extent. Yeah, so, like, you're relying so heavily on being able to keep refreshing your cards, and then I don't know if having additional draw power will really mitigate this, because, like, uh, your intercepts on the field are all you really have to work with, so I feel like retiring can still do something as far as just piling on damage. Um, are all the triggers, like... Viera where crit draw heals front or are stand triggers back? Uh I didn't see because the deck they gave me only had draws, heals, and crits. Okay, I was gonna say because uh-huh. if if it's narrowed down to okay, you can do that, but there's only three attacks in mm-hmm. a turn. I guess that makes sense for balancing, but then that fucks over a bunch of clans where their whole deal is multi-attacking. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like the new- every time you take damage to your vanguard, you gain power. Uh, plus 5,000 power automatically, so I feel like restanding is going to be in this really nebulous place now because, you know, let's say you swing at a vanguard, now that's 16k, and then you swing again, that's now 21. Oh, they, kind of, uh, they put everything back to 11k base yeah. now? Re- remember, they're just straight up using old vanguard cards. Right, okay. So, yeah, like, it just seems like like I'm not sure. This is just speculation. I feel like restanders are going to be weak because, like, after a couple of attacks, your opponent's pa- going to just gain a bunch of power automatically, and if they get a trigger, that's just uh, gaining power over you much faster. So, I feel like the most powerful things are going to be retire because that's one car- attack that they can't guard now once they lose an intercept, and then guard restrict too because. You know, if you have three attacks, you can take out both intercepts, swing with your guard restrict, and then their only way of stopping that would have been a perfect guard, but if you take that away, what are they going to do? They can't stop it. Where's the fun, Bushirod? What have you done? (laughs) So, you mentioned that when they take damage, they get plus 5k, Mm -hmm. and so that makes it just hard for your opponent to deal multiple damage in one turn, is that the idea? Yeah, I think that's the idea, but I feel like with three attacks, that's already that's still not that much. Just because, like, first attack, let's say, you know, it goes up to sixteen. If you boost, you can still hit that, and then your third attack from the vanguard, you have the possibility of triggers, and then usually your get- vanguard will gain some kind of power. So I don't know. Like, I feel like it'll stop multi-attacking and re-standing to an extent, but I think that just puts a heavier emphasis on making big columns and being able to retire your opponent's intercepts. So, Kagero broken. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Like, that That was basically my first thought walking away from this. I was just like, oh, holy shit, Overlord is going to be so fucking broken. And, like, Overlord is from the first set. It's like card number one in their card list, right? I don't know how they didn't think of this. Maybe they did? Or... 
Because, like, if you think about Standard, we kind of had, like, a weird balance for a while, and it took the course of a year for Bushiroad's bad habits to kind of slip the game back into a state similar to G-Era. But here, I feel like right at the beginning, like, card number one is already completely broken, and I don't know if this will survive. Okay, it's number four in their card list, but, like, still. Can't say we're not, uh, not accurate about stuff yeah like right away the first set one of the first boss units already kind of broken did any of the cards that you played with have counter blast or soul blast costs uh yeah they did i didn't really have an opportunity to use them though because it was just gaining power okay hmm uh why do you bring that up I just wanted to see if they make, if they kept uh, the same cost of the original game. Yeah. yeah, it seems like they're just transplanting all of the cards from the original game into this format. But the thing is, like, none of these cards were designed for this format, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I have, like, a possible theory. What if this demo was to, like, just showcase the, the UI of Vanguard Zero and not necessarily what cards are going to be in it. So, like, the they're like, okay, we're just taking the images of cards that aren't being used anymore and just showing, okay, mm. you can, you know, turn grade 3s into triggers and, like, <coughs> just see how the programming works and maybe they'll change something in the future. Like, if knowing... L- let's say for some weird reason some Boucherette executive was listening to this podcast and he was like, damn... Those Nexus at Night guys, they were they were right about this. We gotta clean up our act. What do you think they could do to make this a uh, a fun mobile experience, something like Duel Links or Hearthstone? See, I don't I... know, because like fundamentally the ability to manipulate your opponent's board is going to be broken, right? Like lock and retire are just going to absolutely destroy any balance. Lock, retire, so not... bind, putting in soul, returning to literally anything. Yeah. Like, anything that can take a grade 2 off of the field is going to be completely broken, because that's just an attack your opponent can't guard anymore. So, like, they would have to be extremely heavily costed, or, like, heavily restricted, so that you can only do it a limited amount of times in a game. And then, like, in addition to that, because perfect guards are automatic, like, once you're at 4 damage or above, the AI will just decide to perfect guard the first attack that comes at you... So, like, let's say you had a unit with two crit, and then a unit with one crit, and your opponent's at four damage. You can just swing with the one crit unit, they'll perfect guard it, and then you can swing with the two crit unit and win. That's bad design, my dudes. Yeah, so, like, I feel like perfect guards would have to be manual so that you can control when you use them. Right now, I think... This system just makes it too easy to juke perfect guards. See, what's so bad about having, like, opponent interaction during the turn? Like, Duel Links has opponent interaction. That seems to be doing pretty well. I guess they just see, like, games are always going long at their tournaments, so they're afraid of their mobile game taking up too much of a person's time because, you know, mobile games are something you play just in your spare time, like on a break, during your commute, etc., I mean, part of me thinks that if you, you can fix this with a very simple solution, which is a timer. Mm-hmm. You, you give them, like, what, a minute and a half to make a decision on any basic thing? 
Like, obviously, with the more complicated effects, like, you know, Far in the Future, like, stuff like Intimidating Mutant Dark Face's ability, the one, the Soul Blast arrest something, you can't really have that. Um, but you could, like, just the ability to make guarding manual would probably mm-hmm. do a lot of things. I think the idea of you can, your deck building is more about the triggers now than in the units you're picking. Whereas mm-hmm. before, triggers are a foregone conclusion. You got 16 of them, four of them are probably going to be heals, and the rest, yeah, you just you can just kind of hand wave it most of the time. Now it's, all right, I have 13 of these, and they're on my grade threes. I got to make these count. And then, and then you have, like, your little your little selector wheel. Um, yeah. I think and pretty- also, like, every time you drive check a trigger, that's a grade three going in the drop zone. So, mm-hmm. like, as you drive check more, you're just getting rid of grade threes. Yeah. So, again, if you brick and ride the wrong vanguard, your odds of correcting that just keep diminishing as the game goes on, where in the current game, we have all of these resources to try and fix it. I think uh, Grand Blue has the potential to do some wacky shit with that. First turn, drive check the grade three one, it goes into the drop zone. Alright, I'll use it still a ride from drop. Assuming they, they, they use, uh, what's her name, mm-hmm. like, Nedro, uh, not Nedrodora, what was her face? Whatever. The, 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 the one from Grand Blue where it's Counterblast 2, ride from drop. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, what do you think of all this, Matt? I think that I, I really just would have preferred if they would have just put actual Vanguard on, like, a mobile app. Yeah. yeah like, get... Like, people are already play Vanguard. If you put Vanguard on mobile app, people are going to want to play this game. <laughs> I understand the Hearthstone, like, idea of, like, not having things happen on your opponent's turn. But also, like, I, like, for me, I don't particularly like Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. So, like, and Magic Arena is, like, great and has interaction on your opponent's turn. Obviously not on mobile platforms yet, but, like, very soon could be. And, like, just people want the game, not the an approx like a fake image of the game, right? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so you, Magic Arena is is like uh, like you, you just play it on PC, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so how come Va- how come Vanguard never really got like a Bushroid licensed version of that? Because yeah, there's like. CFA and and stuff like that, but it never. That's that was like a that's like a bootleg thing. You don't have uh, you, you don't really have like Boucheron like Cardfight Online. I guess was supposed to be that, and then it never was. Hell, the ability to just test decks that you don't have, or maybe you want to play with something, but you don't want to spend the money on it. Having like j- just do it like Spotify. You do like five bucks a month. You get this subscription service. And then you get to play Vanguard online without having to deal with, you know, just the the stuff. I don't necessarily think it needs to be on your phone. Mm-hmm. I think they're just trying to do this because, like, like we've mentioned eighty times this episode, it's because of Hearthstone and Duel Links and whatever else. So I think one thing that I think would be very valuable is just like. And, and you were getting close to this, and what I thought I'd say it explicitly. It's just the ability to like test decks like fifty games in a row. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Like, it's yeah. pretty hard to find one person who's willing to sit down across from you and play 50 games against, like, literal random decks. Mm-hmm. You just can't, that's just not feasible. But with an online client, that is a feasible thing that could happen. You could play 50 games in a row against, you know, whatever decks people, you know, people bring. And, like, a lot of that will probably be the best decks in the format. And yeah. so it makes it a whole lot easier to test decks and, you know, tune decks when you have some that kind of an online platform. Yeah. And so and that's of kind course- of... You can also just play against an AI if you're not in the mood or there's just yeah. no one available. AI tutorials, AI matches, you know, like, that's easy to fit in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just be... It'd be nice, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I like, obviously don't think there's, like, enough money in it or something, but, like, yeah, I just kind of wish something like that existed. And I feel like this is ensuring in a way that it never exists. Yeah, and... Really, I don't know how long this mobile game can survive on this format. Like, uh, just from the first four clans introduced, I feel like a lot of them are going to have the tools to really break the the way they've streamlined this format. Mm-hmm. That's so. I don't know. I imagine this endeavor is just going to be something like they put it out for a couple months, people will play it, realize just how shitty and unfun it is, and then. You know, anyone trying to play the game is just going to get scared away by whales who have all the best decks and can beat them really easily. Whales? Yeah, like people who spend a lot on mobile games and stuff. I did not know there was a name for these kinds of people. Yep, they're called whales. They're called whales. And following on Twitter and watch what they do is called whale watching. (laughs) That's, uh, that one, that one seemed like it kind of wrote itself, I think. Yeah. (coughs) Yeah. Kind of get hit with the lingo or something. Mm-hmm. Just overall, I walked from away from this feeling like this is going to end up like a lot of their, their myriad card game attempts. It's going to come out for two months. No one's going to play it. The people who do play it are going to have a terrible time with it, and then it's going to die. So, luck and logic? Dragonborn? Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think of all their other uh, terrible TCGs that have failed. <coughs> Yeah. Let them born. Good enough. Mm-hmm. Like Dueling Network I, I okay, I quit Yu Gi Oh in two thousand and twelve, uh, with the Insector format, which fuck that thing. And, well you didn't like getting your board blown up? Yes, exactly. I loved it, buddy. I loved it. But I Dueling Network was a website that was free to use. <coughs> it was not, you know, sponsored by Konami. So Years later, it got taken down, but between 2012 and then, I every once in a while, I would hop back on Dueling Network just to play a couple games with a couple of randos, because sometimes you get that itch, but maybe you don't want to jump back into the game right away. <coughs> I don't think Vanguard has been around long enough to have a lot of jaded players like that, uh, mm-hmm. but I do think that if they were to, you know, pull, like, do something like that, even if it's just on your browser, I think it would do a lot for the community, and it would also do a lot for expanding the community. Because if you go check out this TCG I play, like my roommate is currently doing right now, and mm-hmm. uh, I go, do you want to learn how to play? He goes, yeah, and then I have to go find two decks for us to use, and then it has to be standard format. Like, if I just showed him that, you know, like a, you know, a, a game you can download or uh, a, a browser 
like extension or something, then I can just I could just turn him loose and have the tutorial do the rest, or like we were saying with the AI thing. It seems like such a simple solution, and I feel like they're shooting themselves in the foot by yeah. trying to do this bullshit, uh, like pseudo dual links thing, Hearthstone thing. Yeah, like I think we all had some reservations when they first showed off the new format, and we saw the grade three triggers. But now that we know the full extent of the rules, this just seems dead on arrival to me. No, no, no love for the friends intro. <laughs> okay. No, definitely not. Doa. Uh, so. Do we have anything else we want to uh, mention about this? Uh, I don't think so. Like We've I mean, talked about all of the various problems of the game, did a little bit of speculation on how future support will pan out. One Just, thing that, that is true is that Bushiro does make a shit ton of money off of mobile games. Yeah. Like, uh, what is it? The Love Life game, and then... Do they own Bang Dream as well? Yeah, they own, like, if it's an idol anime thing, it's probably owned by Bushi Road. But they're mostly selling idol shit. Mm hmm. Which is the, uh. And this is not that. Yeah. So the thing you make here has to have probably more content than their mediocre rhythm games. Here's yep. what I'm proposing Bushi Road, buy Cardfight Area, fix up the UI, uh, and just make it. Like at you know part of the browser, or make it easier to download on a Mac so I can play it. Just, <sighs> just do anything besides yeah. this. Exactly. Yeah. <coughs> right. <coughs> like this. Like this is just brainless and boring. Speaking of speaking of anything besides this, Rupier, you were at a AX. Were how was it? Well, how was the rest of the? anime expo i enjoyed myself a lot the lines were horribly managed and it took fucking forever to get in on the first day like well, always that's just being at anime expo so you have yeah. to like come up with more than that yeah huh i tried to go to the fake grand order panel and i only arrived an hour beforehand which was a horrible idea an, an hour before is late that's what the old saying was i think mm -hmm. yep I still got in, just barely. Mm. My favorite is when you're in a line and you ask, hey, what is this line for? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, thanks. <laughs> and, and you have to gamble. You're like, uh, this better be something I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Any, like, I, mm -hmm. I visited the Bushi Road booth to buy some Love Life stuff for a friend, and then I just saw, like, five other idle things lying around. I'm just like, what is all of this crap? Idol shit, man. People yeah. love that shit. I, actually, I'm pretty sure, like, uh, three of those five things were all actually Bang Dream, but I didn't know anything about it going in, so I didn't care. All I know is I saw, like, six different idol groups, and I didn't know any of them, but they were all owned by Bushiroad. Although, after buying that stupid $55 box, I might actually get into Bang Dream just because of the weird sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> Bro, no, don't do it. <laughs> um, are any cool cosplays? Uh, I, there was a guy cosplaying as a box and he would just let people draw on it. That was cool. Uh, 
I didn't really take any pictures of the cosplays. I saw one from my friend uh, Trace where it was the guy who... He, he had, like, uh, one of those, like, sandwich sign boards over him. Where it's, mm-hmm. like, the, on both sides. And it was the that episode of Spongebob where Mr. Krabs has to steal the number one hat. And then he draws a ghost <laughs> on a piece of paper and puts it through Spongebob's window on a, on a fishing... He was the piece of paper with the ghost on it. That was his costume. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I I've never gone to Anime Expo except for one time. That was in 2012. I was uh, dating a girl who was obsessed with the anime Hitalia. Um, oh no! Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, shout out! Shout out to Drew. By the way, uh, was she was Sarah at the time? He is now Drew. Anyway, so um, we, uh, she had dressed up as Dead naming. Shake my head. What? Dead naming's pretty fucking rude, but alright. Dead naming? Yeah. yeah. What's dead naming? Exactly like, what it sounds like. Bringing up a per- uh, trans person's old name after they oh. uh, converted. Yeah, that's rude as fuck. You should not do that. I did not know this. My apologies. He had dressed up as uh, uh, Italy, and then he had me dress up as America. Which, uh, if you go way back in my Facebook uh, profile pictures, you can see me there, uh, facial hairless. This is before I had the ability to grow a beard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, on the second day, I, I dressed up as Sanji from One Piece, which was pretty fun. Um, I never really went after that because I don't have enough zeal for anime and its affiliates to really go. And most of my friends are weebs anyway, so I can get the, you know, like, the living through someone else view of, of yeah. just social media, like you and Chris yeah. and all them. Damn, if you're not into weeb shit, Anime Expo is not worth it. You're just going to be uncomfortable in the crowd of of gross, sweaty nerds. Yo, sometimes if you are even into weeb shit, it might not be worth it. Yeah. It's called LineCon for a reason. Yeah, yeah, it is. LineCon? Like, they can mail out all of their passes in advance and still have a two-hour wait to get into the door. Yep. So it is. You, even if you bought them in advance, you still have to wait just to go in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I arrived at 8.30 on day one, and that was a mistake because I didn't get in until 11. Wow. Now, shout-outs shout outs to the people who just, during an earthquake, just like, no, nah, I'm not fucking moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was on the 4th of July, right? that one yeah. oh, okay so fun story about that the fourth of july earthquake it was ten thirty in the morning i was getting up to pee and i wasn't really ready for it as you often aren't during an earthquake so it kind of just threw me into the door frame of my bathroom nexus at night the podcast where we go on too many tangents nexus what? at night the earthquake anime expo podcast <laughs> What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we're we're already off the main topic. Now we're just talking about Anime Expo. Yeah, pretty much. We completed the main topic. Yeah, we did. Yeah. N- n- this is like the. This is our reward. This is yeah, like a the a bonus segment. This is like the part of Pod Save America where you interview the person and you're like, eh, I just will kind of listen still, but not really. I also, also, despite not being all that big into fate, I still walked out with one, two, three, four, five. Fate, fate posters. Fate Grand Order or Fate Stay Night? Just fate, the franchise in general, but no. mostly Grand Order stuff. What posters? Uh, well, 
We'll put Did you a- see the picture of my weeb den that I posted on Facebook? We'll, we'll, God, no. We'll put it on the Twitter <laughs> at Nexus at night. I'm pretty sure that we're, I, we're done. All right. <laughs> find us on Twitter at Nexus at night. Guys, where can everybody find you? Find me at Wiggums on Twitter, 2Gs, 2Zs. You can find me at Plasma Eclipse. I bought an art tablet while I was at AX2, so look forward to that. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Uh, you can find me personally at Atlas Novak. You can also find uh, other Nexus at Night related ish content on the Nexus Core YouTube channel where we do like games and deck profiles and stuff. Uh, stay tuned in the next few weeks because I did like a whole day of filming and got my ass kicked. And there was a game where like I was playing Narukami against Grand Blue, and it is the memeiest game I've ever played. So stay tuned for that. Until next time, I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Root Beer. And have a good night, everybody.